Holiday tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. My friends still rave about the Prosecco I brought last year. Let me help make your Friendsgiving unforgettable. Bordeaux is one of the world's most popular red blends, made from Cabernet, Cab Franc, and Merlot. It also makes the perfect gift for your picky boss. Having turkey and all the fixings? I suggest an easy-drinking Pinot Noir. For white drinkers, try an unoaked Chardonnay. Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection with you this holiday. Now offering same-day delivery at TotalWine.com. Cheers! Welcome to the More Perfect Union, the podcast that offers real debate without the hate. I'm Rebecca Christmeyer, a progressive feminist from Kensington, Maryland, and I am joined tonight by DJ McGuire, a conservative feminist who is already into a second bottle of wine this evening from Suffolk, Virginia. <laughs> I shudder. I shudder. And I'm Greg Matuzak, a common sense liberal who's wearing his tin hat, tinfoil hat, cons- conspiracy theories, a uh, muck from Cincinnati, Ohio. <laughs> okay, I might and be Kevin in. Kevin is on vacation this evening. I am sure he's coming up with his own conspiracy theories off wherever he is. We wish him the best. And don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. And please follow us on Twitter at hashtag MPU podcast and on Instagram at MPU fan club. So, guys, I've been at the beach for a week. I have sand between my toes. I feel like I have missed all kinds of things. But I did see a truly fantastic photo of Trump grinning uh, while cuddling an orphaned baby. Does anyone want to fill me in on what that's about? Uh, was was this the one at, in El Paso or is this the one in Dayton? Really, it was in El Paso. <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. It <laughs> could be have honest, been. It doesn't. No, it could have been one in like two hundred and fifty-five other cities, uh, which is the sad part. Um, yeah, Trump decided to visit uh, El Paso, and uh, he he was doing his humanitarian thing, and I guess. As always, he does not do these photo ops well. Um, They never go well, do they? Um, No, and from what I understand, this was the only photo op that he was actually invited to do when he contacted the hospital about doing the visit. None of the patients currently admitted to the hospital actually wanted to meet him. He was not really welcome, and they had to make arrangements to get someone from the outside to come even pose with him. Is that correct? Yes, yes. And... You know, you know, there's a there's a picture that was taken here in Cincinnati of a nine nine eleven. It was the daughter of a nine eleven survivor and George W. And it's it's probably one of my favorite pictures of George W. And he's holding this young girl and he's and he's hug, giving her a hug. And it's a really emotional picture. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. It's a really famous picture. And this was yeah, years after nine eleven. Um, but he's comforting the girl and it really shows the humane size. And we make fun of George W as like, you know, kind of clueless, but he was able to connect to a lot of people. Um, and you know, on, on a way that was extraordinary. Uh, I think president Obama had that ability. I think a lot of, and of course, Clinton had that ability and we can make jokes no one makes the jokes about the how Clinton connected. Um but you know, I think that's in poor taste. Um but 
Ah, Rebecca gets I should, it. I should, you should edit out the blue dress joke that I want to make here. Go right ahead. But the point, see, we make fun of Democrats on this show too. Um, but the point is, Trump still, you know, for even with his rabid base, he still doesn't like talking to the common man. He doesn't like to have his picture. He would rather throw paper towels at a distance. And there are times where he has to, and, and these really emotional moments, you know, I think, you know, it's important that we want a president that's able to do this. And I know, like, oh, we don't care. We do care. And this was a really sad reminder that he's just well, not that guy. You know, this is this is not unlike when he was meeting with, and I, I'm forgetting her name now, the, the Nobel Prize winner from 2018, the woman who was a victim of her whole family had been wiped out by ISIS. She had been kidnapped and raped before escaping and, be, and becoming a refugee and now working for refugees' rights. And, and he, you know, he wasn't even listening to her. He's like, oh, where's your family now? After she told them that they told him that they were all dead. He's not a person who really cares about anyone outside of himself. And it, it becomes clearer and clearer with every passing day that that's true. It says something that the photograph we remember the most involves uh, Trump and Trump's wife Melania cradling a a toddler or actually an infant who lost his parents in one of these massacres the point is that Donald Trump is so fucking radioactive that it takes an infant who has no idea who any of these people are to be able to suffer being in a picture with him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that, I think it's, it's the only, only person who would be safe not to turn around. So, so are you doing anything about this? I mean, right. Because as a six month old is not going to ask about magazine limits or background checks. Right. Or anything like that. The six month old is just going to go, wah, 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 wah. And Trump is going to be dumb enough to think that means that the six month old loves him. But to be, but to be honest, you know, most politicians would be able to handle a question about that and would be able to say things like, well, you know, the talking point, NRA talking point, NRA talking point. NRA talking point. Yeah, they 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 would they would throw a gigantic word salad at right. anyone to the point where they would have no idea what the hell the politician actually said. But for a successful politician, the person would think, "Oh, they really care about me." And for a bad politician like Trump, it would be, "Well, he doesn't really give a fuck what I think. He's just going to do whatever the hell he wants." But but. In, in all fairness, I would call Trump a pretty successful politician at this point. He's he's president. He's tragically successful. But tragically. I, I was, what I was going to say is, you know, right now, he, Trump has been on Twitter saying that he thinks he has the GOC support, GOP support to pass stricter background checks. And right now, there have been noises out of the GOP of, oh, yes, we need to clamp down on who can get their hands on these weapons. But 
again, the, the Senate's in recess and Mitch McConnell isn't rushing to bring any of that back. So he attempted the word salad, but not in the moment. Right. He he and, probably, and, he right. probably does have the GOP, just not the NRA. And we all know well, the, who owns the, the GOP. Um, but you know who did not need a gun in order to die this week? Wow, that was a grim. Wow. Thing. Sorry, guys. I, I did not know what to do with that. You are you are no Kevin. I know Kevin. <laughs> I have worked with <laughs> Kevin, <laughs> and I have seen Kevin's do segue. And you, Rebecca, are no Kevin. But am I wrong? No, you no, you did not. fine. As I'm dark, not wrong. As um, dark so, a segue as it was, that was a good segue. It was it was an accurate segue. So we are. I don't want to say we're mourning the death. We're pondering the death of Jeffrey Epstein, who is no longer in jail and is now in the morgue. Definitely pondering. Yes. He hanged himself uh, in his cell. He had been let off suicide watch. He was apparently housed without a roommate. My guess is that his roommate didn't like him and asked for a transfer. That's what I'd do. Um, And now... He is uh, unable to testify, unable to confess, unable to flip on anybody. And the Internet has been off the hook. DJ, what's the best conspiracy theory you saw? Um, oh, God, there are so many. The best is I have to say the best is still the Clinton conspiracies, because the idea that Hillary Clinton, despite actually losing the election, Despite having no control over the political appointees of the justice of the Department of Justice, can still somehow control the Department of Justice to the point where that where that she can convince them to allow Epstein to kill himself or to allow someone else to kill him. That's just really funny as hell because she lost the election people. The idea that William Barr or any of William Barr's appointees would listen to Hillary Clinton when Hillary Clinton says, I want this person to die, is, is utterly hilarious. I mean, look, the idea that Hillary Clinton could have some say in Vincent Foster's death, as bizarre as that sounds, it still has a grain of sensibility to it because hillary clinton was actually the the wife of the president at the time that vincent foster died <laughs> hillary clinton was yes. the defeated she, yes, candidate. she had access to black ops at that moment right no exactly right. right now she had literally hiking in right. western new york <laughs> yeah the, the the idea that hillary clinton could tell could could even recommend any course of action action to 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 william barr is utterly freaking hilarious and just utterly ridiculous on so many freaking levels i i guess it would be as if like someone said well you know it's romney romney right now is is killing people i mean because you know he lost the election and now he's he's just infiltrated everywhere i mean or you know Mitt Romney doesn't kill people. He turns them into binders. Isn't that what we figured out at the second debate? That's awesome. Well said. There are writing groups called Binders Full Of. Right, exactly. The network. It's like that, that, you know, the Binders Full Of Women thing. It lives on in Facebook. If Jeff, if Jeff, if, if Epstein had ter- had been turned into a binder, then yeah, I would presume that Romney has something to do with it. That's but he's awesome. dead. That's... That's not the way Romney works. He turns people into binders. He doesn't kill them. Well, let's let's talk about 
let's talk about the prison system for a minute because what this was illustrative to me of is everything I have ever read about the United States prison system, which is admittedly not as much as they should have, but maybe more than others have. And the idea that we are actually safeguarding the lives of people, vulnerable people, critical witnesses in prison is laughable. If you look at any sort of inside account of what United States prisons look like, be they federal, be they contract, be they state, they're death traps. There is is no rehabilitation. There is no protective custody in any meaningful sense. Suicide watch is it, you know, it doesn't mean the same thing in prison that it would mean in a private mental facility for a non-criminal. It, the, the fact that Jeffrey Epstein wound up dead is surprising only in that it, it took him two tries. I mean, if you read the book American Prison by Shane Bauer, where a journalist embedded himself in a, a CCA prison in Louisiana for a period of time in order to document what procedures are actually like there, you know the the glaring mistakes and the the lack of 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 accountability and the the guards not being where they were supposed to be and the roommate assignments not being what they were supposed to be that is utterly unsurprising to me right i mean there's something about i'm sorry greg i'm gonna step all over you here because it, it two things one the idea that the the idea that the most innocuous theory is that the Federal Bureau of Prisons is so fucking corrupt that Jeffrey Epstein could manage to kill himself without any of them, quote, noticing, unquote. That's dangerous in and of itself. But secondly, let, let's be honest here. We as a society, as part of our social contract, use the horrific wild, wild west notion of our prison system as a way to discourage crime, we tell people, look, if you end up in the federal prison system, you're totally fucked. And we, even those of us who are decent citizens, have no way to save you. So maybe you shouldn't commit crimes in the first place because, well, if you end up in the federal prison system, you're as good as dead. We actually use the cruelty and incompetence of our federal prison system as a way to discourage criminal behavior, we have, instead of resolving the contradictions of our system, we have balanced them and decided to use them to our own benefit. That really says something about us as a society, and what it says is not really good at all. Well, and not only that, instead of instead of accepting the horrific conditions of the prison system as an actual deterrent, we then invent new crimes so that the for-profit prison system can continue to exist unabated. Well, let, let, you know, let, let's if, if be we honest. deter people yeah. from certain crimes, if murders go down, we invent new levels of drug crime so we can keep incarcerating people and keep fulfilling these enormously profitable contracts. All right. Well, so, the other thing is we have to remember is, uh, let, let, let's be honest, let, 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 let us actually remind our audience of the history of 20th century drug laws. We banned opiates because white people were afraid of East Asian Amer- East Asians getting high. We banned marijuana because white people were afraid of Mexicans getting high. It was 100 years ago. Marijuana was largely Mexican drug back then. You'll have to take my word for it. And we banned cocaine because white people were afraid of black people getting high. 
The reality is nearly all of our drug laws were based on way people are afraid of some variant of people of color getting high. That's our entire drug law history, people, whether we well, want to admit it or not. I have to correct you, DJ. Chris Rock said that it wasn't about them getting high. It was about them potentially getting rich. He compared it to tobacco. Tobacco, as he said, tobacco is so deadly it kills motherfuckers who don't even smoke. But it's all right because <laughs> it's all white. So Chris Rock, you know, nailed it down there a little better than I could. I, I feel bad for quoting him as poorly as I just did. But yes, it's about the industry of drugs and non-white people getting rich off it, whereas alcohol, tobacco and uh, prescription pharmaceuticals are, right. you know, all chaired by white people. So do you guys that, see that is correct? So do you guys see any sort of prison reforms because a rich white pedophile killed himself and has shown a a horribly terrible spotlight onto this nope Nope, because he's dead yeah at best i see a task force to look at this one prison in manhattan and uh their report will then be filed somewhere underneath robert barr's desk and or william barr robert barr what's his name who's that guy guy? it's it's bill barr bill Bill barr Barr, um not to be confused with Bob Barr, who's someone else altogether, um, that, you know, there there might be some investigation into this one prison and why there were mistakes, but I don't think it'll turn into anything systemic because, you know, CCA has lobbyists, which, you know. Which, which, of, which, which is a shame, actually, because, you know, many, many people could have, you know, survived and benefited and lived. You know, and some good could have come out of this. I mean, you know, people who really needed help. And yes, they're prisoners, but their lives are entrusted to the, you know, the the, uh, prison system, which, you know. Have any of you read the actual book, uh, Orange is the New Black? Uh, no, but That's season three, I just started, so no spoilers, please. Well, the, you know, the book is, I haven't <laughs> seen the series because it sounded much more character-driven than um, experience-driven, but the book itself is is a fascinating look into where the flaws are in the federal prison system, particularly in sentencing and release issues, you know, and, and why people, why recidivism is so high, particularly among drug offenders. And the anecdote from the book that, sticks with me is the counseling sessions they have to do prior to release. One of them is about housing and Kerman or Kerman, excuse me, I'm mispronouncing her name, went into it, assuming that it would be some sort of tutorial on filling out section eight forms and how to get your credit report and all of these things in order to acquire housing when you're released from prison. And it wasn't, it was done by a guard who did it as um, a workshop on how to do basic home repairs, which is not what people exiting prison need to know. They need to know how to acquire housing. So there are all these ways that the system is failing people, even as they're being released back into the civilian world, and they can't make their way into the legitimate economy. So they end up in the black market economy and end up reoffending and back in prison. And it's a vicious cycle. It's a revolving door. That book is really, really, really good. And speaking of books, Speaking of books, speaking of for people who do not get to read books, um, we have Blinkist. Uh, nice. In today's age, it can be hard to find the time to sit down and learn more. It's not easy when the likes of social media and really fantastic podcasts are so addictive and time consuming. You may think you don't even have time to read an entire book or to 
develop yourself. So there's an app that we recommend called Blinkist. Yeah, Blinkist is the only app that takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books. Thousands? Wow. And condenses them into just 15 minutes. So you can read or listen to... You can listen to just about anything. These are these are nonfiction books, so it is an educational opportunity. I like Blinkist because it allows me to get like a crash course in subjects that I want to know more about, and that maybe I don't have time for an entire you know fifteen hour audio book or to sit down and read. Yeah, Blinkist has a massive and growing library of the best selling books on business, self help, history, and economics. Titles like Donut Economics by Katie Rayworth, based on her hit TED Talk on how our broken economic system is taking its toll on the planet. Things like that. Yeah, and also Soccer Momics. Oh, the book that answers questions like why the U.S. lags behind the rest of the world in soccer and why the German excels at the sports. Germany! As told through the eyes of world-renowned economics and sports commonalists columnists that's better so right the best now, line the best line i've ever heard about soccer is people run around around the, the people run around the field for 90 minutes and then the germans win <laughs> unless it's women's soccer then it's the u.s right and then it's us. i hope that's then in i win. hope that's in soccer momics it should be. It should be. Uh, so right now, if you want to listen to Soccernomics and find out if that's actually in there, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash MorePerfectUnion and start your seven-day free trial. That's Blinkist. It's spelled B-L-I-N as in Nancy, K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash MorePerfectUnion to start your free seven-day trial. Blinkist.com slash MorePerfectUnion. The More Perfect Union. Real debate without the hate. But not without me, Kevin. Did you really think I'd miss an episode? And if you haven't heard my singing video on Instagram yet, go check it out at MPU Fan Club on Instagram to find out that Rebecca is not the only one of us who can sing like an angel. Holiday tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. My friends still rave about the Prosecco I brought last year. Let me help make your Friendsgiving unforgettable. Bordeaux is one of the world's most popular red blends, made from Cabernet, Cab Franc, and Merlot. It also makes the perfect gift for your picky boss. Having turkey and all the fixings? I suggest an easy-drinking Pinot Noir. For white drinkers, try an unoaked Chardonnay. Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection with you this holiday. Now offering same-day delivery at TotalWine.com. Cheers! All right. So, uh, wow. As I as I look down this rundown, there's no good segue into this. North Korea is firing missiles again, and uh, they're saying it's America's fault. Uh, DJ, this seems like it's uh, your thing. Let's let's hear what you have to say. Oh, thank God I'm drunk for this. It makes it feel so much better. It, it numbs. It numbs. <laughs> it numbs the pain. But Donald Trump talked about a beautiful letter in his terms. He got from Kim Jong-un, 
where Kim talked about, oh, the only reason I'm firing these missiles is because you and South Korea do these military exercises. And Trump was like, yeah, I don't like those military exercises because they're so freaking expensive. And I'd like to stop these are them. Military exercises that we've been doing like every six months since the armistice in the Korean right. War in 1950, whatever, correct? Exactly. Okay, exactly. Check. We do this to keep South Korea safe from North Korea. Okay. But Donald Trump doesn't care about that. He wants to wave a piece of paper like Neville Chamberlain and claim that he has presented peace in our time. And that's where he's going. So he doesn't care if he sacrifices South Korea for this. And it's just painful to watch. Now, does Trump have any, in terms of the the operations in South Korea, which, like I say, have been ongoing for 60 years, uh, more even than that, does he have any support among the rank and file GOP for ending those? I know this has come up in his administration before. Kim Jong Un has been asking him to do this pretty much since day one. Does Mitch McConnell have anything to say about this? Does anyone on the Armed Services Committee have anything to say about this? What does the Pentagon say about this? Um, I know. Uh, I have been told by by different people that the people in Japan hate having those missiles fired and tested well yes they hate that <laughs> that's a smart response they hate that yeah that's hate no fun the, for them what? um to put that lightly and they would love for those missiles to stop um i i, I you know um and they would they would like that as soon as possible and whatever trump could do to stop that do that um, but the only thing trump could do to stop it is to further empower kim jong-un because i don't think he would stop it he's you know he's he's you know you could he'd make any promise oh i disagree i think i think trump would offer him any concession and i don't think that kim jong-un is a trustworthy negotiator i, I think disagree i think that if i think that, i think i do i do i think that if if we pulled out if we didn't have any of those things, then he wouldn't keep firing missiles into. Why would he need to? I mean, he, uh, he knows he can. Uh, he he knows that. Yeah. No, no, because he knows at any point he can have the missiles there. He's just testing these missiles just to flex. But if we're not there, yeah, he's already proved his point, and he's already got a got a um, invitation to the White House. He's fine. He's I, fine. I, 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 think he would stop i i don't think he's a person for whom boundaries make much of a difference he's i i, I don't uh, uh, see wait. him stopping are we talking about trump or king kim jong-un both 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 neither one of them <laughs> behave according to normal rules of social conduct trump poses with a thumbs up with an orphan that he made i mean come on good point <laughs> neither one of these are men who understand how to how to act in public good point so uh, we know the GOP is willing to allow Trump to have his little <laughs> mutual appreciation society with Kim Jong-un that's uh, ongoing. But we it seems like the Democrats are a little more suspicious of the whole thing, among other things. And Jerry Nadler says that what he and the Judiciary Committee are doing now is, in fact, an impeachment inquiry. Uh, Greg, what do you think? Is this about time or is this uh, just uh, a uh, it's it's like you read my mind. It's about time. 
how I could have read your mind on that, dude. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's as if we've done this before. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't believe it's taken them this long. I think their, their timing's a little wonky, and, and I'm trying to foresee into the future. Like, how is this going to lay out as far as the, the campaign this next year? And I think that's terrible. And I think they're doing this on purpose. And I think that's terrible. Come on already, as all my kids say, as I'm trying to get into the car. Let's get, let's move it on already. But this is, this should have been done months ago. Uh, I, I've been saying four months actually that I kind of like this timing, you know, and, and, and keep, slowing the process of calendar 2019 actively under impeachment during primary there are as he's attempting to defend his presidency at the ballot box you know let's say trump wins new hampshire nancy files articles of impeachment the next day i think all of that's kind of great it's something Mitch mcconnell would do if the uh the roles were reversed oh yeah yeah well mitch is a scumbag though so and you know, like scum with scum. Yes, yes. <clears throat> I, I I do appreciate the fact that Nadler is calling them impeachment hearings, and that he is prepared to consider article at the end of the year in terms of timing. That probably makes the most sense. Um, it gives them time to investigate. It gives them time to call witnesses. It gives them time to do the things that they should be doing. On the House Judiciary Committee, uh, the fact that he's called them impeachment hearings, I think, is also beneficial because, again, it, it makes it clear that as far as House Democrats are concerned, the president's behavior is not above the law. And that's that is the biggest danger that comes out of all of this was that the idea that the Democrats would wait until November 2020 and say, oh, well, he was defeated at the ballot box. And therefore, that was the, the sign where. That could have presented any incumbent, any de- any president, be the Democratic or Republican, with the notion that, oh, I can do whatever the hell I want so long as I'm not – so long as I can convince the voters to reelect me. The uh, fact that this is an impeachment hearing says that that is no longer the case and that is a good thing. I'm sorry. Violent video games have destroyed my sense of attention and my ability to, for rational thought. I need things now. I have no... <laughs> I mean, where you said take time to do things right. Nope, I need it now. I need it quick. And process, ugh, out the window. I can't do it anymore. And once again, just like the GOP, I blame violent video games. So, so impeach, grand theft impeachment? Grand it, impeachment oh, grand auto. theft impeachment, yes. Yeah, that's... <laughs> That's going to be the hit game of the week. Uh-huh. Um, speaking of grand theft, um, Trump donors, who's I'm not saying that their their large amounts of money are ill gotten gains, but you know they could be. Um, their names are suddenly out there. They're they're out there, and people are noticing that business owners are Trump supporters and hosting Trump fundraisers. And boy, are these people grouchy. Um, you know, and they're worried that they're going to lose friends and stop influencing people. Uh, how do you feel, Greg? Does, do you think being a Trump donor should make you less popular at parties? Um, y- you know, there was a thing I used to do, and my wife thought I was crazy, that all my kids' playmates, like if, if they were going over to a, a play date, okay, 
I would do a a background check. Like I would do like a uh, you know clerk of courts background check to see if they had a criminal record, right? Hmm. But the other thing that she thought I was crazy for is I would see their vote. I would look for their voting record to see who they've given money to politically. And my wife always thought that was crazy. Uh, but I just wanted to know. I didn't know. I didn't mean that they would be bad people. And I never stopped my daughters from actually having a play date. But you never know because... I was always afraid, like they would give to, like, oh, it was they gave to John Q. Nazi. Well, yeah, guess, well, yeah that would be good to know. That would be now, good I, to know. I've never gone that far, probably because nearly every playmate my kids have has a, you know, like a a Democrats twenty twenty or a blue wave bumper sticker that makes that pretty oh, obvious. You don't live but in I Cincinnati, do, obviously. Yeah, this uh, <laughs> no, probably not. Um, but you know what I do do? I ask about guns before I let people, my kids go over to people's houses. Yeah, I've done, I do that sometimes. Yeah, I, I do have, I have conversations about guns. And like, we, of course, we know people who hunt. We know people who are in law enforcement, um, who are in the military, mm-hmm. who work for the clandestine agencies. And in those cases, if they have weapons in the home, we talk about storage methods. And who, boy, a hunter with a good gun safe will bore you to tears talking about their gun safe. Like that's, settle in. It's like talking to a computer person about network security. You get prepared to, to listen to some stories there. Yeah, but, uh, you, but you know what? They spend a lot of money. They spend a lot of time. And no, they're and really I, proud of that. I would rather have somebody tell me about all the ways that nobody can get to their you know deer hunting rifle than to hear that they've got a gun unlocked in the bedside table and any kid who wants to can get their hands on it. That's, all right, but, but we're going off not, topic. This we're, is not we're, a contest here right we're off topic but the point being is that all that information and whether it's federal whether it's state and even local uh who gives to what campaign that's all public knowledge it's it's easily accessible it takes you three minutes and this is not like oh this is terrible information you should and it's not the worst thing in the world. If you give money to a campaign, that's public knowledge. Um, yeah, and Ro- Roma Romney McDaniel is trying to say that that uh, it was Joaquin Castro who was releasing some was was posting some of this information was saying that you know they're doxing. No, uh, no, that's that's not, that's not even close to the case. It, it's 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 as if the phone book is doxing people's addresses and phone numbers when when you know that that's just how it is you you sign up for this um and if if you have given a donation of greater than 250 dollars that is public record anybody who wants to can find it right but i'm i'm amused that these very high level donors are facing repercussions for their political donations for maybe the first time and are starting to understand that trump really is anathema except among a certain portion of his base and among the very, very wealthy. And this, it hadn't dawned on them that they would ever have to deal with the consequences of their actions. Now, uh, Greg, you asked me an interesting question this week. I was, I've been on vacation with my family. I was at a family reunion um, with all of my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, my cousin's kids. I have sustained an injury from a kid rolling into my leg because a wave tossed him at me. That's a different story for a different day. Um, but, you know, Greg, you asked me if, you know, we have this issue in my family where, you know, there might be people more to the right or more to the left and others are criticizing them or, or, you know, thinking less of them or, or if 
things get awkward. And in my family, that is absolutely not the case. We are liberal apples. We have fallen from the liberal tree, not far from the liberal tree. And we're pretty much in agreement. In fact, when I when I told a couple of my cousins that you had asked that question, they burst out laughing. Uh, you, know, you know, it's, it's <laughs> not the case. But your family, it is different. It, it's like these rich donors whose, whose customer base hates Trump. You know, in this case, it's it's your family that that some love Trump and some hate him, and there's no way to bridge that. How do you handle that? Yeah, one. So you were with your family because we we were all guessing last week, and we all forgot. <laughs> and so one, we I, I want to apologize for the terrible guesses we made last week. <laughs> I, I feel horrible. Um, <laughs> Great week. I was on the beach in at the Delaware shore. I was eating the best French fries in the world. Shout out to Thrasher's French fries. I was eating ice cream. I, I guess we I, should have known that. So way games. There's a boardwalk. I was having a better week than y'all were because all my jokes got laughed. Uh, um. So, but but to the second question, you know, there was a time in my life when I don't know between the ages of maybe seventeen to like twenty five where I probably could not be in the same room as my father without starting a fight. And the fighter did you? What's that? Who started the fight? You oh, or him? You know, at the time I would swear he did. Um but looking back, seeing as I was seventeen years old, I probably started him. <laughs> um and it could have been uh, you know about anything and politics was a thing for sure um you know whether it was about like you know but politics was definitely for uh on the front um and for a long long time um and it, this goes back huh, 20 30 years um oh yeah um and we now have rules at family get-togethers that politics are not to be spoken about really? oh yeah we cannot talk about politics it has become verboten um it has become that divisive uh and if it is spoken it is spoken in hushed tones with certain groups on one side and it's funny because i am the lightning rod that certain one certain family members will come and do like drive-bys by me and they'll say hey i support this and then they'll walk up walk away quickly which I know there's certain people in the family that they they do the exact same. Other family members will say, hey, I support Trump. And then they walk away quickly because they know the rules. Um, because we want to try to have like a happy Christmas. We don't want to scream. Um, it's gotten yeah. ugly before. Um, yeah. yeah. And you know what? We try to remember. Uh, we always try to end with like, I love you. We try never to end with, you know, angry. We try not to yell in front of the children, the small children. Um, <laughs> we ask the small children to usually leave um, if it gets heated. Um, we usually try to, it's funny because we're, we're a pretty hardcore Catholic family, but we don't talk about abortion in front of small children. And um, there's certain topics we don't, but, you know, in the end, we're still family. And because of, you know, shouting has always been a thing in our family. Right. Uh, um, and whether it's like how much I love Mad Men 
and how much the rest of my family thinks it's overrated, we will scream <laughs> about that. And I can't well, believe they think it's overrated. And I am probably now, now I say that out loud. I think I might go start a fight with them tomorrow about that. It's so good. Should. Clearly in the family Facebook group, you need to get on this. Now, my family, we've always been, we're naturally argumentative and we, we often have had incidents of violent agreement. I remember arguing with my grandfather and realizing halfway through the argument that we were both on the same side of it. And he just wanted to keep arguing. So he kept yelling at me until I agreed with him more somehow. But I, this year, the, the political talk was much, much more muted. There wasn't, it wasn't like a, a collective sort of discussion. And at one point, my aunt, you know, she left the table where the topic had turned to politics and came over to where several of, of the rest of us were doing a jigsaw puzzle. And she's like, they're talking about politics, but I don't want to because it's just too sad. And, you know, that's, that's kind of how demoralized the far left is. These, you know, these are not people who are ones to stick their head in the sand and ignore things, but it's too hard and it's too sad for us to take any joy in talking about this anymore. And that's, that, that's a pretty stark thing because for the past 46 years, we've been you know, yelling at each other with glee and uh, great gusto. Yeah, it's, 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 and I think like those Trump donors, who are afraid of being outed. I'm very careful about who I out myself out to as a liberal. Um, I don't talk about politics at work or I try not to. I'm very, very careful about that, whether it's at any of my jobs. Um, I definitely don't tell any of my students. Um, I think only, only two of them know I have a podcast um, and it's only because their parents found out about it. And I've talked to their parents about not saying anything um, because I really worry about things like that. Um, sure. I worry about, I, I worry about I, I, the administration. I think I'm pretty sure they know I do this podcast, but I don't say anything that's too horrible. <laughs> no, I mean, you're, you're, a, you know, you're very common sense. I'm very like, common sense. And I just made uh, fun of a Democrat tonight. Yeah, totally. You made fun of Bill Clinton, and he deserves it. And, and, um, he's, like, I, and he deserves it. I was talking it. to one of my cousins about my dealings with internet trolls on Twitter and the comment section of Washington Post Facebook posts and things like that. And he says, how can you do that? And I'm like, well, because I have an audience. And because I'm never addressing the troll, I'm addressing whoever might happen to be listening in, in which I explain what systemic racism is, explain what systemic misogyny is. And I... And this podcast is is another one of my platforms. And like, I I have the opportunity. There are no negative repercussions to me because I work for myself. That I don't feel that I can sit silent in the face of all this, even when it's difficult, even when it means that there are Russian bots lobbing abuse at me, or worse than Russian bots, you know, good old boys with a Twitter account with a gun in the banner photo. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, but, that's that's the worst. It, they are the worst. They're so bad because they're not only are they being mean, their grammar's terrible. I mean, like, Ugh. come at me, bro, but use a comma, okay? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's it's y o u r u y o u apostrophe r e. that. Come on. Come on. Yeah. And Greg's a teacher. He knows this stuff. No, uh, it's, it's a, I'm a music teacher. I don't know that much about it. Trust me. <laughs> I can only count to four. 
but uh, yeah, no, so so even even among families that agree, this is a tough time politically, and apparently among families that disagree, it it remains just as tough as it's ever been. I wonder um, if I wonder in conservative families, like in like very Trumpian, do do they just sit there and go winning, 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 and like just like I mean, is this like the best time ever for them? You know, it's I wonder about that. You know, like the. I, I wonder in particular about like farming families who are facing such hard times right now or people who have been affected by plant closures. Um, you know, is it the Harley Davidson or some of the auto plant closures or, that, that have happened? Are they sitting there questioning their decisions over their thrasher's French fries or, you know, whatever their, their family fun food equivalent is? Or are they still saying, no, this guy has a bigger vision and we just don't see the end of it yet? Because that's how it was, you know, at the beginning of this trade war that was affecting agriculture so badly. The farmers were saying, no, he has a plan. And once we see it through, it will all make sense. Or are they starting to question? Right. And that's, uh, that, you know, that's something that will we'll start to make more sense in 2020. Um, but you know, 2020 is, is still a year away. We have a long way and, uh, you know, we'll be here talking about it between now and then. So thank you for listening. If you enjoy what we do here, please check out our website, mpupodcast.com. DJ has been pretty prolific on there lately and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash more perfect union podcast. You can share our link on your Facebook timeline so your friends can discover us as well. We always like to get more listeners. And if you'd like to join in our political debates between shows, you can join us in our Facebook group, Open Fire Politics. We're all there. We'd love to see you there, too. So, Greg, what are you looking forward to in the week to come? I think I might be uh, donating some money to John Delaney so he can make it to the third debate. Um, that's that's going to be... Under a name other than DJ McGuire, because I think DJ makes up most of his donor base at the moment. Right, it's going to be <laughs> DJ McGuire, uh, Donald Joseph McGuire. Um, uh, Donald you know. McGuire. Right, I'm going just to do it under like 15 DJ McGuire, so uh, yeah. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.